ICA Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. Welcome to the Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey and Jerry Goins, where we celebrate the ancient paths of our bear bow ancestors, where hard work and woodsmanship outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who've gone before us and welcome those yet to come. Join us as we share valuable insight about the bear bow hunter's lifestyle. to another edition of Barebow Hunters Podcast, and we have Jerry Goins and Nate Bailey. We're going to talk today. We got a bunch of other people lined up. Um, we haven't got all the stuff finalized yet, but uh, um, we got a lot of people wanting to come on, and we're going to kind of ramp this thing up and get some more podcasts out to you guys. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain at all, huh? It's... Well, I could, but, you know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're headed off here pretty quick to um, go to Compton's, so that's going to yes. be a good time. I, You know, here's the funny thing is you want to know something funny about this is I've been getting emails and messages asking me, hey, are you going to go with Jerry to Compton's? It's not like, hey, Nate Bailey, are you going to Compton's? It's like, hey, are you, are you going to tag along with Jerry Goins? Maybe sit in his luggage or something? Yeah. Or carry it for me. Right. right. Yeah, there you go. Open your door. Yeah. <laughs> drive drive the rental car oh i wish i could you know this is a, a time of year when i got a lot of fly fishing going on and i have to kind of take care of that and or else i can't afford to do this right so right i am looking really looking forward to getting that to the uh, compton i leave thursday and right. uh um just really looking forward to it it's going to be a good time i know and speak Friday night, and then uh, the pressure's off, and uh, you know, then you can listen to everybody my, else, right? <laughs> rub my hands uh, over all the vendors' booze, and right, right, you know, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, now here's one thing: you have to. I know you're not really, you don't do a lot of Instagram, and and stories are like something you don't do on Instagram, but I got to live vicariously through you. And, and some of the other guys that'll be there. So here's the deal is you guys are going to have to hashtag Compton's so I could keep up with it and I'll follow the hashtag Compton's. And, uh, because I, I really would, I should be going, man. I, I feel guilty for not even going, but it's, it's something that I really wanted to do. So. Well, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the rendezvous over the years and I've always wanted to go. And frankly, I mean, to be honest, uh, it, was just uh, too much money for me to fly from Oregon out there to go to it. Right. Right. Um, so I really, I really appreciate the board, uh, asking me to speak and thinking that I am worthy of such, I guess is a correct term. I don't know. Yeah. So oh, I you're... can come out there and do it, you know? Right. You're worthy, man. I mean, I tell you what, you know, a lot of what you've done over the years is going to make it, um, it's going to be 
that's going to be an interesting speech. I wish I was there for it. I really do. I'm actually going to film it. Nancy wants to see it. Oh, so cool. I'm going to film it, and I'm going to try to keep it uh, light, entertaining, and uh, informative right on. as well as far as uh, photography goes. So uh, I'll just give tips based on photos, you know, telling the story of some of the hunts that we've done right. instead of just a oh powerpoint click 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 and everybody reads along kind of thing i'm not gonna and to do really to do photography justice it takes better minimum a four-hour you know seminar just to cover the basics right right so hopefully they'll take something away from it that they can use and yeah and uh be entertained at the same time yeah, maybe we should take that recording and uh, put it on uh, the Barebo side of uh, my YouTube channel. Yeah, well, there's a possibility. Or you can make your own <laughs> YouTube channel. You oh, know? I've got one. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's got one thing on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, How to put a rudder on a, ca a fishing kayak. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So now one of, one of the things that we wanted to get through on the podcast today is uh, both of us are sitting here fidgeting about uh, the draw tags and and what we're going to get for uh, because we don't really know where we're even hunting yet. We don't know yeah. until we're until June, the middle of June or the, what the twentieth, I think it is. The twentieth. Yeah, in Oregon, um, a lot of times you don't know uh, what you drew, so we put in as a party. I think you, Gage, who else? There was somebody else, wasn't there, involved in us? Anyhow, I know for sure it's you, Gage, and I um, put in for Ochco. Or should I say that? No. <laughs> well, we we put in for uh, we put in for the Eastern Oregon. That, that, that was our second choice. Yeah, yeah. We don't. There's nothing over there. You know, it's just a nice place to camp. But uh, <laughs> um, but we put in for our tags and we're waiting on that. And if we, depending on what we get there, depends on uh, how we're going to structure our elk season. I think our deer season is probably going to be pretty close to all the same, but um, the, the elk season is going to be decided on what we get there. So as we're waiting on that, um, I thought it'd be cool to talk about things that we can do if we don't get those tags, you know, I have beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the tag really doesn't matter there. We may just have to go buy a half a beef anyhow. It's not the tag. The... Kind of my, my history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to have to be looking at public ground. Yeah. I mean, we're hunting public ground anyway, but other public ground. Right. And over-the-counter stuff. And over-the-counter. Yeah. Well, obviously, if, yeah, if we don't draw, we're going to have to hunt over the counter. Right. And Oregon, you know, really, you guys, um, Oregon is kind of the over-the-counter, as far as I'm concerned, it's an over-the-counter state for uh, bow hunters and f for non-residents as well. Um, there are I think it's widely underutilized yeah. by non-residents. You know, every, everybody wants to go to Colorado. Yeah. Well, I don't blame them. Colorado is a beautiful state. Right. The things that... I hear coming back is guys coming from East Coast, whatever, and they go to Colorado, and, and there's 20 trucks at the trailhead. Right. You know, because it's so popular. Right. Uh, and Oregon has, you know, I'm not going to say we have as, as much to offer as Colorado as far as elk herds. Right. But we have a lot more in the way to offer as far as being 
pretty much by yourself. Right. Quality of hunt, right? Yes. And, and having a good a good chance of getting into some screaming bulls. I mean, you know, the the big thing that I, I really like is the quality of hunt. But at the same time, if you play your cards right in Oregon, uh, we've been hunting together how long now, Jerry? Um, for elk? I don't, not long enough, but about uh, three of the last four years. Yeah. I think. 2014, we've hunted elk. Since 2014, I think we've hunted elk every year since, right? No. no? I hunted out of the Grand that uh, year before last by myself. I was up on a ridge top That's right. Week. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then I think I hunted up here in the Cascades that year. I can't remember. It's been too long. But anyhow, every time that we've hunted, we've been into elk. And that, right. that doesn't matter where we've hunted. Um it's a matter of doing your homework and being able to find the places and things like that. And I'm, we need to do a whole nother podcast on that alone, but um, there are a lot of opportunities in Oregon is what I'm saying. There's a ton. We, we have, there is. We have a ton of opportunities. So um, this is kind of going to be, if you don't draw your, your draw tag in Oregon, what do you do now? This, that's what this podcast is going to be about. And it's not just going to be about elk either. Um, I just got off spring bear hunting and had a fantastic year. Had a had a spectacular year. One night I saw four bears. I don't know if that's wow. good. Yeah, I don't don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> well, it's I think it's, it's it's good for the hunter. It's bad for the fawn season. Mm-hmm. It's especially bad for the fawns. Um, you know, I have friends that have actually seen fawns taking calves as they were born. Um, so yeah, I know, or not, um, you mean bears. Yeah. what did I say? You said, yeah. Fawns taking calves. Oh, bears that, taking. Yeah. That wouldn't work. Yeah. That, that'd be some mean fawns, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, come to Oregon. We have omnivorous fawns. <laughs> no, but bears taking calves, um, right after they were born and, uh, and people watching that during the spring bear hunt. So, um, and that's, you know, kind of over Western Oregon type stuff. But um, so, yeah, bears do take their fair share of our our deer and our elk. So we really need to do something with them. When you could see four and, and this this was in like one series of clear cuts. So this was like within 500 yards of of, you know, I was on top of the ridge and I could look around me for miles. But so on top of that ridge, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. What other state can you do that in? You know, you can't do that in another state. So anyhow, what I was what I was going to go over a little bit is what in the world does Oregon have to offer? And I wanted to point out, um, and we talked about this a little bit already, but I wanted to point out what the licenses are for uh, a non-resident big game hunter that wants to come here and shoot bears. Have you looked into that at all? Yeah, it's stupid cheap. <laughs> it's, it's absolute, and the thing is, you're going to see bears if if you listen to our podcast. I'll go through and show you how we find them. Um, you will see bears. Um, I'm not going to say you're going to get one. You know, it, hunting anything with track gear is never a never a slam dunk, but um, there are a lot of them. Um, so, non-resident hunting license, just a, a hunting license, $167. And Which is pretty par for most states, just sure. for hunting license. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then you have the not. Then you could buy the tag, 
So they don't divide the tags into non-resident or resident for bears or cougars in Oregon. Now, I don't think I'd advise people to come here for cougar hunting. <laughs> no. No, not, not when uh, the only way you can hunt them is basically predator calling or um, while you're elk hunting and doing calf and cow sounds. Like, I know one of my friends killed a cougar that way, snuck up behind him. Right, right. But with no dogs, but we have, that said, a ton of cougar as well. Yeah, we do. And and if a guy really was a good predator caller for cougars and knew what he was doing with them, there's a lot of them out here to be had. But I, you the know, season's open year round. Yeah. Yep. And they they offer two tags for non-residents. So you and they're sixteen bucks a piece. So say you. So for two hundred dollars, you could buy two cougar tags, if you had, you know, some place you. You had inside information where you could go and call them in. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if and I'm not going to go out and say they'll do this, but I would think ODFW would be very helpful if you inquired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, you know, I have a friend that he he was bear hunting and he was actually a little worried about one of the bears he took in because it was kind of small. Bears are kind of hard to judge sometimes. Right. Uh, and, uh, so this bear, he, it was by itself. So he knew it was, you know, it was legal, but, um, he didn't know what the ODFW was going to say. And he took it in and they said, Oh no, any legal bear, any legal bear, please shoot any legal bear. Um, the state of Oregon needs them shot. Uh, we just, are, right. we're being overran and it's not good for the bears themselves. You know, you get that many bears in the area. It's just not good for the bears. So, um, additional. So now, we talked a little bit about cougars, but bears. So you could bear hunt um, in Oregon for 16 bucks a tag. And then if you kill that first bear and you could kill him anywhere that's open in, in fall. Okay. If you kill him, then you could kill another one on anywhere that's open or in the Southwest. They give you an extra tag in the Southwest. So you could actually come out and hunt two bears uh, in the fall in the Southwest. South. Uh, Southwest units. <laughs> um, and those units, those units are a big portion of, uh, of Oregon. I mean, and there's so many bears down here, you guys, it's crazy. It's crazy. So that's one of the things that you can do. And then if you want, so if you say you want to, um, put that along with a deer hunt, see bear season runs right through deer season. So you're looking at 430 bucks for a deer tag out of state. And that's an over counter tag. You don't have to draw for that thing. So you have uh, in most areas, right, right, right. I'm, I'm talking that Southwest stuff. Oh, the Southwest. Yeah. 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 The COTC. Yeah. So it's the OTC is, is $430. So you, you could essentially come down, hunt the rut, shoot a bear and shoot a deer and then shoot another bear. And then you could shoot for under a grand for all that. Yeah. For under oh. pretty close to 500. Well, a little bit more than 500 bucks. Still, that's 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 as far as if somebody wanting to come from out of state, if you want to, if you want to deem that exotic, or not, that's a that's a pretty cheap. Yeah. Hunt. I mean, I yeah. went when I went to November last November when I went to Kansas for whitetails, my license and tags was over five hundred dollars. Right. And that included two deer, either two does or a buck and a doe. Right. But over five hundred bucks. 
Right. So, man, you're looking at two two bears and a, and a deer, being just being able to hunt them. So let me see if I if I could do this right. So you're looking at about, well, you're looking at about six hundred six hundred and thirty dollars. That's not bad at all. And um, and then I mean, even if you just came out and hunted bears, you're looking at less than two hundred bucks just to hunt one bear. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Anyhow, you might as well hunt blacktails in the rut. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Who gets to do that? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, unless you live like in the state of Oregon and here's the deal is, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in just a little bit, but, um, there's so much ground here that you could hunt a blacktail in. Um, if you know what you're doing, man, we need to do another podcast on that too, on BLM blacktails. That'd be good. Right. That'd be a good podcast. But uh, there's so much ground that you could do this. This is if you know somebody out here that you could kind of tap their brain a little bit and ask them questions. It's very doable, a very doable hunt. So I just just call Nate. No, Jerry. Here, I'm gonna put your number up. I'll put your flashing on the screen. I'll, I'll put your number in the description. Your number is flashing on the screen. Call now. Uh, no, you know you can call. Operators are standing by. You can't call me. Um, um, I guarantee you, <laughs> if if you get the Oregon State game regs, um, Southern Oregon Archery has their ad in there too with their phone number. You you could call Scott down there and tease him. <laughs> there you go. But no, seriously, you guys can. You could give me a call. I won't always answer, but you can give me a call. I'll try to get. I, I was just I was just kidding. Yeah. You know what I'll do is I will put some information out in Barebow Hunters, in the group or on the forum as well. So. Okay, so that covers just coming out here, right, as a non-resident. Now, what if you, uh, what if you didn't draw any tags? So we're looking at 167 bucks just to get out here, right? And then right. we have over-the-counter. So we have a lot of over-the-counter stuff here in Oregon. Um, a lot of our elk is over-the-counter for bow season. The caveat being, you have to buy the tags before the season opens. Sure, sure. So that means that you have to buy it at least the day before, but you could do it all online. It's not a big deal. You know, I, I get fly fishermen coming in here all the time and they buy it. I've had them buy it in the boat before to hunt bears, you know, in the spring it's you're throughout in the fresh grass and the spot stock predator calling in the fall. Yeah. And, and finding the berries, you know, find those clear cuts that have the berries in them, sit on the berries with a predator call. Um, even in the spring, I think, a, I, you know, I never did try it this year, but uh, I think a predator call would work in the spring, especially on distress. Yeah. Yeah. Or calf. You know, I've heard people talking about calf distress working really well, too. So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at doing that as well. Um, next year, I, I really want to do some more of that next year, but we really need to shoot some of these bears. So that's kind of right. what we're after. <laughs> And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you can use an electronic collar for bear. Yes. In Oregon. Yes. I looked that up. I actually just looked it up. And yeah, you, for bear and coyotes, you could use electric electric collar, which is good for bears because, you know, if you're calling bears, you have to keep calling. They lose interest if you quit calling. So that's one of the things that you have to really do. So as we go through here and we look through the um, the synopsis, so if you're looking at archery season, there's several general seasons. There's only 
and let me see how many units in Oregon that we actually can do um, that are controlled. So, I mean, we have, for deer, we have one, two, three. Three units. Four, no, four, five. Five units of controlled deer tags. <laughs> the rest of them are over the counter. Out of 52 units or something like that? 68. 68? Out of 68, yeah. And... And so Oregon is kind of like the over-the-counter state for deer, um, for, for bow, I think. You know, and then it's divided, of course. You divide it right down the middle of the Cascades. So you have several different um, – you have the east side, which is all mule deer, and then you have the west side, which is all blacktail and whitetail. There's some whitetail mixed in there as well. And but the November hunt is all blacktail. We don't have a late season for mule deer unless you draw the coveted metolius tag. Right, right. And there's so there there are some some controlled tags um, for for mule deer or for any of the deer. And the, uh, let me see. There's one, two, three, four. But they're all kind of special tags. Like one I put in for this year. Oh man, I'm like, I, do I really need to tell people this? <laughs> <laughs> I put in for one that's a mule deer tag from November 17th to November 30th. You know what kind of tag that would be? Oh, if I draw that tag, that would be yeah. how many years does it take to draw it? Well, it's it's 20 tags for 371 people putting in. So it's not that bad. Not that bad. No, but um, you see that time frame, right, Jerry? Yeah, that's a bow hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Eastern Oregon bow hunt. Um, and it's one buck with visible antlers, but I guarantee you I will not shoot a fork of horn during that tag. <laughs> not on that one. No. 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 So if I grab that one, and so that one's during the rut. So you're looking at those November tags. Any of the November tags um, are during the rut, but see, you don't have to do that. So there's now all of Eastern Oregon, unless you get a controlled hunt during the rut, is closed. Okay. Or Metolius. The Metolius is also a special hunt. So um, those are closed. But Western Oregon is all over the counter. And if, I mean, guys want to shoot their. They want to shoot their uh, big blacktails. I mean, at least you should. It's the hardest deer out there. And it's a blast to rattle them. Yeah. Well, I haven't done real well rattling, but you have. Really? Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done. I've, I've used bleats and things like that and got a lot in, but uh, I have never rattled one in, uh, I don't think. But, no, it is a blast. And there's tons and tons and tons of deer um, that time of year that, or, I mean, we've had days, I mean, it's been slow last couple of years, but I've had days where I've seen 10, 12 bucks a day. So that's a great time of year, a great time of year. And that's usually in November, um, around Thanksgiving is the best time, or right. at least where I'm at down here in Jackson County. Um, that's about the best time I've had, uh, for rattling to spend that Thanksgiving weekend. Right. Right. So you've, you've seen the same and you've killed a lot more blacktails than I have. I will quit hunting them as soon as I get a, a good mature one. I don't care points or anything like that. I just want a big mature one and I'll quit hunting them and I'm going to hunt mule deer from then on. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, so that's an over the counter tag that guys should look at moving on. Cause we'll never get through this if we don't, <laughs> <laughs> I could sit and talk about hunting all day long when it comes like to all the rest of our conversations. Yeah. Oh man. When it comes to this stuff, it's, it's crazy good. You know, I mean, when you really start thinking about 
what we the opportunities we have in Oregon. I spent a month. It was so hard because I was hunting turkeys and I was hunting deer or um, bears. And then in the fall, you can hunt deer at the same time you're hunting turkeys. So it's and then you can hunt bears, deer and turkeys all in the same stand. So Oregon is, you know, a lot of people talk about going over east, going out of state and this and that. Well, Oregon's a lot better than you think it is. So, um, okay. The next thing I want, I really want to point this one out now. I should have pointed that one out in deer season too. Sorry, but they, they open. So on deer season, there is a, in Oregon, there's a traditional only in the trout creeks. It's, it's a traditional only, um, controlled deer hunt. So you could only hunt it with a recurve or, or a longbow. And that's pretty much a guarantee. Even though it's a controlled hunt, it's a guaranteed tag. Right. If you put in for it, you just need to put in for it. Right. Now you got to put in for it, um, before May 15th though. Right. So, so if you, if you, you know, are still on the edge of trying to get your tags and stuff, you can't put in for it this year. Um, which I should have put in for it just so I could get it, you know, that'd be kind of fun to go over and do that too. But it's, it is a, it'd be kind of fun to be over there with a bunch of track guys. <laughs> it would be kind of cool. It's big country. It is it's huge country. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of spot and stock type stuff, right? It's all spot and stock. Yeah. And then, so with that, um, and you guys, there's so much more here than what we're covering tonight. But uh, it's well worth your time to go check out Oregon and see what we have to offer. The next thing is, and, and this is elk. So now we, we went from deer to elk. And elk we have over-the-counter tags as well. We don't have near as many um, for, for bow season. But we still have a ton of over-the-counter tags. And the cool thing about it is, is you could buy the tag and still hunt. I had a friend last year that hunted 30 days and he hunted all over the state. He went all the way to the coast and then all the way over to like Lookout Mountain, which is clear on the edge of Eastern Oregon. <laughs> so, so now you've got Roosevelt, Cascade and Rocky Mountain. Right, right. But see, we've got them all. Yeah. And legally you could hunt them. There's only, so there's only a few um, places that are, that are draw tags. Um, for the for the main bow season, and that's Warner, Maori, Ochico, Mount Emily. Oh man, I wish I could get that tag. Yeah, I'll never get that tag. I don't have enough points. Never will get enough points. Winaha, w- Winaha, Walla Walla, Shed Springs, and I think there's one more. Chessiums or Chessnimus. Yep, Chessnimus. And so those so those are the only draw tags that are in Oregon. Um for for a draw only type hunt other than man now i I say that but that's not completely true because there are other draw tags but they're pretty much assured draw tags if you know what i mean you got to just put in for them and one of those and i don't know if you know about this one jerry but next year we may do this one is murders creek did you know that murders creek has a trad only tag for no for bow elk yeah yeah, so it's a trad only tag for bow elk, and let me see here, and and I don't know if you know where Murders Creek is, so it, and it's it's only from August twenty fifth. It's not far out of Burns, is it? No, yeah, so it's right next to Ochico over there, and so it's trad only, 
but it's trad only for only the first week. And then it turns into a regular tag after that. Okay. So well, is that the old, um, oh gosh, what did they call that? I can't believe I've forgotten. It was a part of Oregon that back in, you know, when they had the first archery season, there was one area that was open for archery. You know, it, I think it might have been that first that first archery season that they put together. I think that might be in that same area. You know who would that was up in the strawberries. Yeah, this well, this wouldn't be in the strawberries, so I I'm not so sure. But I do know that that was that was a traditional only tag, and I and I um, know that they were putting that together for traditional only guys. So, um, but other than that, everything else in Oregon is open for the over-the-counter tag for both. But if you're hopping around, you got to pay attention to which units allow you to kill a cow and which ones don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one elk, one bull, one elk, one bull, and then um, one bull that's three-point. So like Tioga and Saddle Mountain units, which are on the coast, both of those are three-point or better. So right. you, you got to pay attention to all that stuff. But we have three di distinctly different types of elk in Oregon. Now, people would argue this, and we have I think we've touched on this a little bit, but we have. We have, yeah. We have the Roosevelt's, and then we have the Cascades, which I love. I love Cascade elk. I've got my butt kicked by them, but I love them. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the Rocky Mountain elk. And, and so most of the state really is Rocky Mountain elk, you know. Right. But uh, – Geographically, geographically speaking, speaking and, and most of the areas that you could actually hunt them, but um, I got a lot of friends that are starting to hunt, you know, a lot of coastal stuff. So getting into that big rosy stuff over there, and that's going to lead us into our next little segment here, and probably something um, that you'll probably ask quite a few questions about because I haven't gone over a lot of this with you, but that's with the now that pretty much covers our over the counter stuff. Uh, we don't. Ah. Canyon Creek. Canyon. Canyon Creek. That's oh. where Oregon, that's the first Oregon <laughs> archery season. I was going to sit here the whole night and just, just stew until I could remember that. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, uh, yeah, Canyon Creek, I guess. I, I, I don't know where quite, that must be over east, further than I go. It's out of John Day. Cool. So, that covers pretty much all the over-counter stuff, but that's a lot. You know, I, it sounds yeah. the way we talk about it. It's not very much, but it's a ton. There's a ton of ton of ground here. If you if you're over east and you want to go elk hunting, man, I I think uh, Oregon should be on your list. I really think it should be on your list. I think it's easy to do is why, and I think there's a lot of people that would probably be able to help you out going that direction. You know, groups like Comptons or or PBS or those guys just get a hold of those guys. They'll help you out. Get a hold of Jerry. He'll help you. He'll give. Yep. He'll give you. I killed so many elk, right? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll he'll give you all the pins. He'll give you all the pins, um, on on X. <laughs> yeah. Of all the places, I would never drag my carcass into again. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't like hearing elk elk or uh, wolves howl? No, I'm not particularly fond of it, <laughs> especially after humping that far in with a camp on the back. Yeah, yeah, and then all those dead blows. Anyhow, oh. yeah. <laughs> so that's our that's our plan B, by the way. So just so you know, 
That's our plan B if we don't get our first tag. Oh, they were moving right into plan C. <laughs> uh, plan C, I can't even talk about. No. It's, it's that top secret. Right. Okay, so moving along. Um, so now, you know, we've talked a little bit about Oregon, and we talked about coming in here, and, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, a lot of Oregon lends itself really to trad bows. I mean, for elk especially. We we have a lot of ground that hunting elk with a trad bow is really not any different than hunting with a compound because most of our shots are going to be under 20 yards. It's thick. It is thick. It is thick. And so if you're talking Cascade over to the coast, for sure, you know. And then Eastern Oregon, of course, you have some of those long, open, wide places. But mostly where we hunt them, um, it's thick down there too. Uh, all of our shots this year were very doable um yardage wise so the amount of yardage that we were at um yeah if the elk would have given us an angle we had one at 11 one at about 20 and uh but no no opening to shoot no right right no angle on the elk to shoot but but um the cover actually works to our advantage uh, because they have to come find us right right and i think i think that um it even it even multiplies the further west you go from eastern Oregon. So if you hit the oh, Cas yeah. Cascades, man, Cascades are, are full of places where you're not even going to see him until he's within 20 yards. I, I was within, I was in an unnamed creek bottom on the Oregon coast and had a herd bull going. He was, he was crazy. The cows were going nuts. You could tell that there was probably at least 40 or 50 elk. And there was a screen of brush about 10 yards thick. We were on one side and they were on the other. We never saw a hair. Right. Right. It, we had that happen to us quite a few times, actually. Yeah. And we actually have that happen to us turkey hunting, of all things, where we have turkeys within 10 yards and still can't see them. And they're gobbling their heads <laughs> off. And we had that happen this year with a couple of kids. Uh, yeah, they were just frustrated at all get out because the turkeys were right there and they couldn't shoot them. Um, but. But we do have that, and that is – so if you're looking to come out – I say come out west, or maybe you guys, you know, you got too much pressure in your area and you're living here in the west, give give it a look. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Now, I realize that there is some access problems over on the coast. It's starting to get harder and harder to find spots to hunt, especially good spots, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think with some of the timber companies figuring out that they could um, – permit that and allow people on as permits and I, I get that you know it's their land um but at the same time um access is still getting harder and harder to find over there so I, i'm gonna shift gears here and uh i'm gonna talk about our state's access and habitat program and i i, I i'm blessed to be able to sit on the board of that program um, I put it, I put my application in because I wanted to be the hunter's voice in these programs because every, um, every license that is, is bought in this, in this state, $4 of that license goes towards this program to provide access to hunters and fishermen. And, um, so by me being on this board, I get to, um, have a vote in where this money gets spent. 
And so I think it's a really important program. I love that's the, access to private property. Yes, majority of it is access. All of it actually, all of it is access to private property. So one of our big concerns, of course, is um, the units over on the coast. We're trying to keep that open for hunters, and uh, because for for a lot of good reasons, um, a lot of the private land over there is getting locked up, and they they permit it and. And they have their reasons, and and I, I can't I can't fault them for that, man. I mean, no. vandalism. Uh, yeah, fucking garbage. Yep, yep. And anytime they have to go, it, you know, we tried to help clean up a place here on the BLM land, and the amount of money it took just to get the permit to help clean that up, the environmental impact studies, making sure that there was no meth products out there making sure there were no syringes. So there was all this different stuff that the, that the government had to go through before we could even touch it. And we were doing it as volunteers. Wow. Now, that same thing goes on private land, but the private people have to pay for it. So when they ask for money for us to get on there, um, I could understand it. <laughs> I could really understand right. it. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's horrible. We, we need to kind of self-police ourselves and um, because there's not near enough people out there seeing this stuff and we, we got to help the law enforcement take care of the dumping and the vandalism and those kind of things. So with that said, um, ODFW understands that in order for hunters to have success, especially on the coast, the coast is a big one, um, that they have to keep these lands open and and some of the money goes for like uh road maintenance we just did one over in coos county for road maintenance and adding an extra police patrol on that so osp paying for an extra policeman to be there good yeah yeah so so they could stop this because if they don't the the timber company's going to they're going to shut it down completely and so it's really the timber company going well this is what we need and it wasn't very much money i mean you know uh, to, to really think about things it's not that much money when you're talking about this kind of stuff so um i was going to go over some of that stuff on how this goes about and basically the biggest thing that i want you guys to get out of this is that there is access points that you guys have paid for through your licenses so go use them use them some of these places are getting traced on how much use is getting done and if if they're not being used um to the to the idea that we think they should be um you'll lose access there so they need to be used some of it's in Legrand. there's a lot in Legrand that needs to be that people need to use so a lot of these places have these sign-in uh boards I don't, have you ever seen one of these jerry no i haven't so for people who want to do this they would they just go to the uh, myodfw.com and look for the locations yes yes so they go, have a map i'm assuming they have a map on their website of where all these locations are yeah so go to myodfw.com go on there and then type in there's under the heading there's a access and habitat and then underneath that that will show you the access um areas that have been paid for so and at these access areas, so when you get to the parking lot that you get to access this guy's land on, right, um, they'll have a sign-in place. Uh, some, Not all of them do, but most of them do. They want to keep track of how many people are on there and whether or not it's being used for hunting because they allow hikers on there. They, you know, they allow a lot of different traffic on there. 
but if sure. but if it's if we're just paying for access for people to go on it you know, bird watchers yeah yeah and they're not paying for they're not paying for it then we'll find somewhere where the hunter's going to be using you see what i'm saying it's right it's, it's very proactive hunters it's very proactive getting the hunters out there the problem is is a lot of them have these little slips these sign-in slips and a lot of people aren't turning those in so when you use these it behooves hunters to turn those in okay so that's that's just my little plug there to get it in but so you could go on there another way and i'm going to plug on x here okay onyx maps has a layer so if you have that app on your phone the onyx app on your phone it has a layer that shows you exactly the lands that you could get into through that program sweet. yeah yeah it's it's a very sweet thing through that program so um, it's just one of the layers on the i don't have my phone handy but it's yeah. one of the layers on the right on your program right and i think it's white and green polka dots is the layer that it shows up as now, when you click on that, it's going to tell you because some of this is by permission only. So you got to get the landowner's permission before you could go on it because the landowner wants to know who's on their land. Sure. It, it totally. I to, it totally makes sense to me. Um, some of it is just go on there yourself. Some of it is you get to go across my land to get to some BLM. So there's a lot of different things here. Um, and I, I'll just I'll, I'll go over a couple of them and and then we'll man we're coming up on about 41 minutes here jerry <laughs> it's amazing how this goes huh but um so the uh, man and i can't really tell you all of the projects here i do know that it's um it's it's quite a bit of money that goes into this and we put a lot of effort into making sure that we access stuff that you guys are going to use and so we we want you guys to use this stuff one of them that we just talked to was green diamond and they have a bunch of land just outside of klamath falls that they were looking at maybe have because they have a lot of vandalism on this piece of ground and we don't think it's all it's mostly not hunters that are vandalizing this piece but it's thousands of acres that they allow people to go on um but they're looking at maybe not allowing people to go on it anymore is that a timber company yeah yeah, and and a lot of people don't even know it's their land. They think it's um, they think it's actually federal lands when it's not. It's it's timber company land. They even have a campground on their land that they operate to allow people to go on, and people leave trash all over on it and everything else. Of course, like every... you know, that's unfortunate <laughs> because it used to be that the timber companies encouraged us to hunt on their land. Yep to keep the deer populations, elk populations down and keep them from uh, eating their trees. Right. And damaging their trees. In fact, uh, I used to go in the warehouse and get a map from them that would show, they'd have a little, uh, a different color showing the, the heavily damaged areas. I mean, they were practically leading you to right where the deer and elk were. Right. Yeah, and they still would like that, but it, it's more cost effective to actually have to deal with the deer and the elk than it is to have to deal with um people leaving right. stuff on their land and and dumping stuff and breaking things and and leaving their rigs out and stuff like that so um so yeah but see the problem is they can't if they shut it down for one they got to shut it down for all so right. so the only alternative is is for people to actually um be able to uh pay to go or or to 
the the ODFW pay them to keep it open and then have added patrols in that area. And that seems to get them that seems to get people um the timber companies to help in that respect. So I'm pre I'm glad because there's I we were sitting out and we went with um uh what did I call what was their name? Diamond Blue Diamond Industries I think it was. Anyhow, we're sitting there and he was showing us the the level of of access that they grant right now and the level of access that they wouldn't grant and we're sitting there right at the edge of this creek and as he was telling us this almost as if he uh he ordered it uh, this elk walked right across this prairie as all of us odfw council guys were out there looking at this going <laughs> and he goes look right there elk habitat you can hunt these right now but you may not be able to in the future so um he wasn't, and they don't hold anything for ransom. They just, it, it is, they just give us the facts of how much money it just in, just in batteries alone, um, for their, for their, that got stolen last year out of their timber company. I think it was over $22,000 worth of batteries and fuel alone that was stolen. All from their heavy equipment. Yep. Yep. And so that's why they're talking about shutting it down putting gates on the roads and not letting anybody in and so I, I that's not that's not hunters doing that it's not but they have to shut it down they can't yeah. just let hunters in you know it's what they said is they they shut it down no it's not hunters and he said it wasn't hunters but that doesn't matter they got to shut it down they can't afford right. that and if they shut it down for one they got to shut it down for all they don't they can't police it on their own so the only other avenue that they had that they see that they have is to get on the access and habitat program and add a cop out there. And that's, that's what they're trying to do. So it's, it, that's where your money goes. You know, I know, a I know a cop that works the uh, timber company land over on the coast. He might be a future guest maybe. Yeah. And I bet you he's paid partially by access and habitat money. It's very possible. I bet you partially he is. Um, because they do a lot of that. That's that's a lot of what we look into. I'm just going to go through a few of these, um, and this is just a this is just a small. Uh, let me see how many are there here. Just a small number. This is the amount of of access and habitat places that we have in Oregon, and you guys really need to get out here and use these places because you're paying for it. <laughs> so, and then if we uh, talk about um, guys coming into the state and maybe guys coming in to do their uh, over-the-counter tags. A lot of these places are in over-counter areas, okay? So Murders Creek is one. Green Diamond Resource, which is Klamath. And I think there's some Green Diamond up in um, up in the uh, Grand area. Jackson, uh, Willamette Private Lands. So those are all Timberlands. Lynn County Forest, um, that's all timberland and that's a deputy that they put in there um Owsy canyon glass hill north coast uh pine creek lawman brown access and i man i wish i knew what where that was exactly i wish i could tell you guys i don't know exactly some of these i don't know hepner um mckenzie access there's three things in mckenzie c2 that's right here in our backyard and they allow hunts on there. Um, they have youth turkey hunts every year. And then they have blacktail hunts every year. That I think James actually got a letter from them. Um, James Orr over on the coast. 
Yeah. Got a letter from them when he drew that tag. Really? Yeah. So they wanted him to come over. They wanted him to hunt on his place, on their place. Yeah. And he 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 didn't even get a chance to come over because he killed a deer like what opening weekend or something. <laughs> <laughs> so and and then um, so C two, Columbia Plateau, um, Avroid Ranch or Alvroid, and that's over on the Steens. And actually, that one's kind of cool. I'm going to go into this one a little bit because I know a little bit about it. But this one, so what happens there is he's got a hot spring. Have you ever heard of the hot springs over there off the Steens, off the southwest side? I have. That's the uh, Albert Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has and he has the hot springs there. And those hot springs, so you have to have a hunting or a fishing license to be able to use that hot spring. Really? Yep. And this is part of the agreement. So if you don't have one and you want to go soak in the hot spring, you have to buy one. And he's got uh, a licensing right there at the hot spring. Really? <laughs> yeah. It makes total sense. Right. And then, um, and he also, so you have to cross his place to get into the steens and there's a lot of chucker hunters up there. They like to chuck around the living tar out of that. So, and then all you have to do is check in and it's open all year round. You could go in if you have a hunting license. You could go in and soak in the hot springs for free. So, huh. yeah, yeah, go do that. I'm going to go take Misty over and do that. There are days after elk hunting that a nice soak in a oh, hot boy. spring. Could you imagine? I've done that in uh, Idaho with TJ before, where oh. we beat ourselves up pretty bad, and uh, yeah. we went over. They knew where a hot spring was, and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's and and it's it's pretty cool. It's really cool that um, those kind of things are open to us. Uh, Coos Mountain travel management uh, areas, Glass Hill. I mean, Owyhee Canyon access. Glass Hills. It's interesting you said Glass Hill. Yeah, I didn't know that because while well, I'm writing an article on it, maybe doing a video. Huh. There's a little uh, schoolhouse right on top of Glass Hill that my grandparents owned during the depression oh wow and their ashes are up there it's kind of like they never had any services so that's kind of like my cemetery right right so uh, i didn't realize that was part of the program and uh so i haven't been up there in a long time yeah so i think and i'll get you some more information on that jerry but i think there is also a sign in there so when you sign in uh, make sure that you note that you are a hunter okay even right. if even if you're not hunting at that time, make sure that you note because there's a comment section in there because we keep we keep track of this. Believe it or not, every one of those little slips that are handed in are tracked, and I have all the information right here in my in my lap about because I have to make decisions on where we place this money, and we don't have a good decision if you don't write down that you're hunting on the place. You know what I mean? Right. So. Um, you know, some, if no one's filling them out, why right. give them money? Exactly. Why Why should we keep that open if nobody's using it, right? So if you guys are using it, we need to know that. Um, I'll tell you what. You guys can't see, but I'll show Jerry. These are some. Yeah, of the, I can see. That, that, that's some of the animals that come out of these areas. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is one monster bull. That is a, that's an amazing bull. And that's a young lady that killed that bull. You notice that? She's got to be, what, 16? Maybe. <laughs> awesome. So, 
And that's Glass Hill access area right there. So I have the whole package on Glass Hill right here, and I'll give it to you. And so you can see, I don't know if you can see that, but. Uh, no, you just uh, scan it and send me I a will. copy. I will. That'd so, be great. So anyhow, um, when you're looking, you guys, when you're looking at hunting success, and, and I know a lot of guys, I see it all over Instagram. I see it all over Facebook. I, I see all this stuff where these guys are um, talking about they didn't draw tags. Have you been watching Instagram? No. Yeah. The guys are all over it. Well, oh, they're Colorado. They're Colorado yeah, Colorado, Idaho, right. yeah. Montana. All these results are coming in, and nobody's trying. It seems like nobody draws, right? Well, um, there's so many over the counter, and I guarantee the quality of hunt will be spectacular, especially. On well, we don't have a maximum. No. Either of over the counter tags. No. There, there's no. Yeah. No non-resident maximum. Right. And and then. The quality of hunt in the Cascades is just amazing. I mean, some of the stuff that you see up there is honestly, I, I you know, I like hunting Eastern Oregon. I, I, I enjoy it. There's a lot of elk over there, but there's something about being in the wilderness where there's no roads. Yeah, you got to walk a lot more. You know, you blow the elk out of there. You better go find the next drainage. But at the same time, it's so amazing up there that it's it, the quality of hunt's just spectacular. Right. So, I don't know. I think we about covered it. I think we, I think we gave some people some information that might spark some interest. Well, you gave me some information. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really starting to get into this stuff because, honestly, um, you know, hunting in general in Oregon um, is is kind of a thing that we have to propagate and we got to push up. Do you realize that most tags are sold to people 50 years old and older in Oregon? Yeah. And yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> that's, that, that's an issue. Come, come another 10 years. Um, we won't have all of the voices that we have out there for the, for hunting, for the lifestyle. So not only that, we'll all be pioneers and paying seven bucks for a tag and, there goes their income stream. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> and, and we're gonna lose all that access on the coast if that happens. Yeah, I, we will. We'll lose yeah. all of it on the coast. And so when I point this stuff out, um, we as Oregonians really need to bring some more people into this. We need to bring some young guys. There's a ton of young guys who want to do this, um, but I think we kind of need to. And I'm I'm bad about it right now. As you know, I'm trying to get an elk and and as much as the next guy but we really need to start bringing some guys with us and trying to get them into elk um one of the big plugs and and i mean this goes for bear bows as well as anything just getting them into hunting we really need to get them into hunting so and then uh on top of that you guys if you uh didn't draw your tag come to oregon (laughs) we we could use your money (laughs) no (laughs) um but really, though, we could use you coming here and shooting bears for sure. Uh, please come and shoot all of our bears. Yeah. Bears, uh, coyotes, cougars. Yeah. Yeah. We got some deer problems, especially in Jackson County. So. All right. Well, I think that very much covers it, Jared. We're here. We are at 55 minutes. We almost did an hour. So I think we I think we did pretty well. Broke our record. Broke our record. So, um, okay, guys, 
listen up. We have on on Barebow Hunters, um, we have on the website, you can go over to barebowhunter.com. All these podcasts are on there. We also have a Barebow Hunter section on my YouTube channel, which is the Life Outdoors. So you just go into the Life Outdoors, and then there's a different um, uh, chapter, and it says Barebow Hunters. I Maybe I could even talk Jerry into putting some stuff on there. I don't know. <laughs> the Life Outdoors, that's with a Z, right? That's with a Z, yep. You bet. Yeah. And, and then also, you guys um, – I made a mistake and I started a barebow hunter page on Facebook and people are liking that page instead of going to the group. So we have, I get like 20 people liking that page every day thinking that they're getting into the barebow hunter group. But in order to post and other people to see your stuff, you need to go into the barebow hunter group. Yeah, they're different. I know I'm about ready to kill the page just because it's taken away from the group. So, um, we're pushing 10,000 members there. So there's, there's a lot of knowledge on that, on that group. Yeah. And 10,000 members that know what they're doing. I mean, I mean, there's quite a few that know a lot of what they're doing on there. Right. Um, you know, there's guys on there that have way more experience than I do at this. So, um, yeah. So, so go into the group and, and, uh, even if you went and you liked the page because you thought you were in the group, go back in and go to the group. I know that's horrible. I, I should have never opened that 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 screwed things up but um so that's about it and uh thanks jer i appreciate it yeah that was fun as always yep and we got jerry by the way is the co-host and uh we got a bunch more people lined up you guys we got a good group coming so stay tuned thanks for joining us on another edition of barebow hunters podcast hey if you like what you heard please give us a rating down below we like the five stars and uh, follow us also on Instagram under Barebow Hunters. Go to our YouTube account, Barebow Hunter at YouTube under the Life Outdoors heading. So that's uh, Barebow Hunters YouTube under the Life Outdoors. Also, go and join Barebow Hunter Group on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>